the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Rachel Gilbert. Welcome to the London Free Press Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. Now, we are less than two weeks away from voting in our new local government. So today I'm catching up with London Free Press City Hall and civics reporter, all things election, Megan Stacey, about the many London municipal campaigns she's keeping tabs on and some of the main issues that have emerged. Hi, Megan. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Rachel. Good. Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad that you made time for us because I know this is a really busy time for you right now. Oh, no, it's great. It's good fun. Always nice to talk about it, too. And even though the campaign's a little quieter this time, there's still lots, of, lots to talk about. Yeah. OK, well, let's start with the mayor's race, I guess. That's the one everybody, of course, is going to be be watching. There are a lot of candidates running for mayor, of course, as usual. Um, but as we kind of mentioned before in the, in the last time we talked to you, Two seem to have emerged as the front runners, Josh Morgan and Khalil Ramal. Um, so just what's your take on that? Why have these two emerged as the front runners? Oh, yeah, that's a really good way to put it, Rachel. And I think the reality is these two are the front runners because they have both have political experience. So for Josh Morgan, obviously, that's the last uh, eight years, two terms on city council. And I think we we talked a little bit about this, but, you know, you've really seen over the campaign trail, he's really pushing that note of, you know, I have the experience, I'm already on council, I can, you know, keep this uh, ship steady and continue the good work that council's doing. So he really leans on that as an advantage in his campaign, of course. Mm-hmm. And then Khalil Ramal, uh, you know, he's a recognizable name to many Londoners because he served two terms as an MPP. So that was some time ago. I wouldn't say, you know, he's been like a fixture in the local community since then, but the reality is if you've already served the community at, at any level of government, some people are going to recognize your name. You kind of have that credibility because you were once elected before, right? And we even see this in wards, uh, ward races as well, sometimes where maybe somebody's been defeated, but they come back. We have uh, one such candidate running this year as well. You automatically have some name recognition. You automatically have some history with voters. And so I think that's why we've seen Josh and Khalil really come out as, as the front runners. And, you know, we London has seen a lot of really interesting mayoral races, you know, through throughout history. So it's not to say that somebody with absolutely no political experience at all can't break in. We've seen that before. It's not really happening this time. Uh, I think these the other candidates, um, there are eight others in addition to Josh and Khalil, they really haven't positioned themselves as a really strong, promising alternative. Uh, that's not to say they don't have some good ideas. Some of them have great ideas. Some of them mm-hmm. have very strange ideas. Uh, but, you know, you really see Josh and Khalil sort of set themselves apart from the rest of the pack because they've got that experience. They both release campaigns. Uh, to my knowledge, I don't believe other candidates have uh, as large uh, campaign platforms as those two front runners. although I, mm-hmm. I may be corrected on that. And once, once this podcast comes out, we'll see. Uh, but you know what I'm saying, right? Very strong uh, right. candidates, very, very legitimate, lots of policy ideas, and a real understanding of how local government works as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you see, you know, from their campaigns so far, and maybe events that they've gone to and debates and things like that, any similarities, any differences between the two? Uh, I mean, there must be, but how do we contrast these two men? Yeah, absolutely. So I was just at a debate this morning, or it was a mayoral forum, I should say, not not called a debate, but pretty much a debate in all but name. And okay. so it's really interesting, as we get close to election day, you see these candidates 
change their tune a little bit, right? Sometimes the campaign's heating up. So for instance, Khalil Ramal, you see this guy taking way more shots at city council, taking direct shots at Josh Morgan and his voting record, which we don't always see. Sometimes mayoral candidates are, or candidates in general can be a little bit hesitant to go on, go on the attack, depending on the political environment and how the campaign has been so far, but you really see uh, Khalil leaning into this now, right? So he's calling out Josh Morgan for all kinds of things uh, and pointing to specific votes, you know, where he thinks he can say, Mr. Morgan let you down, I'm gonna do things differently, right? So housing, transit, he's really trying to set himself apart and say, I am your alternative to the status quo. He even used some words I think to that effect or something similar to say, you know, I am, I'm going to come in, shake things up. It's not going to be status quo with me. So that's really interesting. Uh, of course, if you're Josh Morgan, you, as we, we mentioned, he's leaning on this and using it to his advantage, right? He's saying, look at the work council has done so far. Are you happy? Are you disappointed? Most people, you know, there's not been a ton of complaints about city council, although not to say there, there hasn't been any, right? And the mm -hmm. pandemic kind of changed people's attitudes. So Josh is really able to stand up and say, listen, why would you want to get rid of me, right? I, I've already done the job. I can step right in. And he's using language like... Uh, uh, start the job on day one or continue the work on day one, something like that. Right. So he's really saying, I've already done this. He's literally been in that, that top job uh, at times as well. When mayor Ed Holder was uh, sick or absent, Josh has been acting there. So yeah, Morgan's yeah. really got some experience and not just on council, but actually doing some of, you know, the duties of the top job. So he's really able to lean on that and say, listen, why, why would you want to shake things up? You've got me, I know how to do it. I can, you know, get rolling as soon as you elect me. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's let's move on to some of the candidates because there are, I mean, we got lots of wards. We got lots of candidates in each ward. But you, uh, the London Free Press, and, and you really compiled a candidate survey with all the candidates, ask them, asking them um, all, the, all of the same questions. And so that's at lfpress.com. If you want to check it out, it's actually a great resource if you don't know some of your candidates and what they stand for and, and some of their platforms, uh, pieces of their platform. It's a great resource for that. Um, but in each candidate questionnaire, you did ask everybody um, about the London plan and if they supported it and what they think of it. Um, now, the London plan has been around for so long. We always hear about this, but I don't think a lot of people know exactly what it is. So can you just explain as briefly as you can, because I know it's a little complicated. What is the London plan? For sure. The London plan is the city's official plan. So we sometimes call it at the free press, the city's blueprint for growth. This is pages and pages, chapters and chapters about how should we grow and why. And it really sets out our path for the future, right? So there's a lot of talk about the inward and upward growth, that intensification that we want to see in our city in order to curb urban sprawl and better use uh, your tax dollars. That's, you know, use tax uh, tax dollars most effectively, right? So there, there's been sort of that sea change compared to what we used to do uh, now with that big push from the London plan. And it was actually just recently that the London plan came into what we call full force and effect after a number of appeals were sorted out that 
kept the plan in limbo for many, many years. So I think a lot of people know about it, as you say, but maybe you don't know exactly what it is. For a city council, they're the ones tasked with implementing these things, right? So the London plan may say X, Y, or Z, we want, um, you know, buildings up to this height on this site, but those um, decisions still land at city council and it's your local politicians, the folks you are electing who will make the ultimate decisions about how we grow, where we grow and really what the future of the city looks like. So that's mm -hmm. why we ask candidates about the London plan. There's been a lot of talk, I think, in the last year, especially maybe even beyond that a year or two of people saying the London plan is now out of date based on the way that London has uh, just exploded the population growth right uh, so you know some people are saying we need to have a revision typically official plans are revised um, every few years anyways but because ours was held up in appeals for so long things are a little bit slow so that's kind of the inside baseball stuff but the reason why you should care is because that really sets out sort of the plan and the formula for how London is going to grow and all of those decisions you know the, the London plan is the guidebook but all of those decisions that city council is really making you know where the rubber hits the road kind of a thing yeah. uh, that's what's going to determine what your city looks like in the future right do you have sidewalks here or there do we have mass transit um of course, we have public transit, but, you know, do we have rapid transit, things mm -hmm. like that, and, and really going to determine 10 to 20, even further into the future, what our city looks like. So those are, uh, that's why we asked about the London plan. And you got yeah. some different answers, you know, from candidates. But yeah, it's a great chance just to, uh, of course, we couldn't cover everything in the survey. But um, I think it's uh, helpful for some people just to get an initial look, especially if you haven't been paying any attention at all, and you don't know anything about the people running in your ward, it's a chance to at least get to know them a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you also asked each candidate about the housing crisis. And um, I, I, and so I, I wonder why did you ask them about that specifically? But also I noticed that a lot of candidates in their in other answers mentioned a homelessness as an issue that they would like to address um, should they be elected. Now, those aren't they're not the same, but they're very similar. Um, so just expand on that. Why did you ask them about the housing crisis? Yeah, as you say, Ridge, I mean, separate issues, but very interrelated. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and so. I would say over the last four years, that's the number one thing that I have seen from the public, heard in the community and heard from city council about, you know, what, what is, what is and what should be a priority in London and what are ordinary people thinking about. So of course, there's a whole host of other issues. I wish I could ask all of your candidates, all of the things that matter to you. But I think housing is really something that as a community, you know, even compared to the last election, we feel like we were kind of starting to ask candidates, do you see a crisis here? Well, now four years later, the community has kind of come together to realize, yeah, we do have a crisis, not just right. in affordable housing, right, for pe people who are uh, in the most need or or have the, the least amount of income coming in to spend on their housing. But mm -hmm. even, you know, further up, middle class folks are, are having a lot of struggles right now. We all know that. And just the way that our real estate market has gone, our housing market and the way our population has boomed, you've got a real disconnect, um, you know, between the housing we have to offer and and you know, even rents where rents are at as a result. So it's a whole big mess. And you've got a lot of interesting solutions coming from candidates. And we thought it was really important to put that to people directly. What would you mm -hmm. do to tackle it? Because people, you know, you, you get a lot of um, vague responses on the campaign trail and people can, you know, really uh, 
talk to you in a way that sounds like they have really great ideas and wonderful plans and they're going to bring the solutions to all of your problems when they're standing on your porch right but Mm -hmm. when you can see it in writing it gives you a chance to see okay what is my candidate uh what do the candidates in my ward say they're going to do about this and I think it also gives you a chance to kind of see how their brain works a little bit or how their campaign is built, right? What do they see as a viable solution and what was important enough to them to, you know, to answer it in our survey. And you kind of get to see their thinking maybe a little bit for, for lack of a better term, right? Are these solutions realistic? Are they reasonable? Do you, do you like them? Is it going to actually help? So just a little bit of a window into that, of course, lots of other pressing issues in the city, but I think housing and homelessness really stands out for a lot of people. So that's yeah. Yeah. You also asked about uh, you each candidate, their vision for London. Did you find any common themes um, amongst candidates for their vision? You know, this is a hard one because to me, that's really important for strong candidates to be able to outline a vision for the city. What is it that you want London to be? How do you see this city evolving, you know, if you're elected? But it is kind of a difficult question to answer, especially in about 150 words, which is all we offered candidates this time for a question. So, you know, I I think it's a a little bit like housing and homelessness, and maybe even more so for the vision question, it gives you a chance to see what your candidates are thinking, right? And Mm -hmm. what do they see as a role of city council? Are they dreaming big? Is their vision, you know, just keeping a lid on taxes for the next four years? So, I'm not going to say that's easy to answer. I think it's challenging. You do see some similarities. I find a lot of people on this question talked about like an open, welcoming, inclusive city, which is very interesting. Uh, You know, we've seen a lot more talk about uh, tamping down hate, like addressing hate crimes uh, and and trying to be uh, live up to our diversity and, and, you know, be an equitable and inclusive community. Uh, But sometimes you don't see candidates like really prioritize that maybe in their campaign literature or messaging. So it was interesting to kind of see it come through there. And I think it also speaks volumes that that's what people want to see in their city, right? They want a comfortable place for people to live. Some other similarities too, you know, uh, depending on the candidates and the wards, I I found you even found, uh, you even saw some candidates flicking to the housing and homelessness issues in that question, right? They want people who live in London to actually be able to afford to live in London. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Really really interesting to see what we'll focus on there. Um, In your experience at debates and just covering events that a lot of these candidates are at, maybe Londoners are at as well, what are you hearing from just citizens? What kind of questions are they asking? What kinds of things are they interested? Are they touching on these topics that we talked about or maybe touching on others? You know, it's really interesting. It depends where you are, depends who you're listening to. It depends even on the group or the organization that's put on the debate. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that can change a little bit the type of audience that you get. So I'm really hearing all sorts of things. I attended a number of the all candidates meetings. I didn't uh, cover all of them, but just for my own knowledge as a reporter and citizen went to a number of them. So, you know, you'd certainly heard about housing and homelessness. Uh, There were quite a few questions about climate change, taking action on that, uh, you know, environmental issues. And then there were, of course, like very specific ward priorities, right? This development, uh, what are you going to do about that? Are you going to, um, you know, advocate for like sidewalks or infrastructure in XYZ place? One thing I found interesting that I don't remember hearing a lot about in other campaigns is voters asking, do you live in my ward? 
very interesting. We have a number of candidates who are running in places where they don't live. Sometimes mm. they're close or they have another connection. Sometimes they don't. So it's really interesting to see that kind of pop up and see, you know, voters uh, really put that to their candidates, right? Do you live here? Are you a member of the community? Right. Yeah, all sorts of things, you know, come up at, at debates and, and from the community. But I do think some of the issues we've talked about are highlights as well. Housing, homelessness. And I should mention, of course, downtown vitality, revitalization. Uh, that's a really big one, even in wards well outside the downtown and, and of course, for the mayoral candidates. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's a great place to ask any and all questions of your candidates, right? And it's interesting that we are now asking, do you live here? Are you in this ward? Because I think a lot of people just assume, oh, they must they must live here, right? But not everyone does. So if that's important to you, maybe check that out as well. Um, the last thing I want to touch on is bike lanes. And you wrote an analysis piece about bike lanes and how that's become an issue uh, throughout London. We've heard about um, having dedicated bike lanes for years and we have have made some. Um, but now it's an issue during the campaign. Why is that? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, you know, it kind of came up to us. We were talking about this as a newsroom too. Like, where does this come from, right? The division, the debate over what is a fairly small project, right? And I know, of course, these are very meaningful, both for cyclists and sometimes for drivers who don't want to see the lanes. But it's just kind of interesting to see that, you know, a project like that, which is generally not going to be as divisive, big, expensive as, you know, even a roads project somewhere else, which we're usually okay with. So we, we think, you know, and, and some of the experts and candidates that I spoke to agree that, you know, there's an interesting kind of broader picture there where you see some push for change in London, right? Sort of like this old school vision of who we are versus the new generation and what we're looking for in the years and decades to come. I found that was really interesting. One urban planning and transit expert talked to me about how, you know, infrastructure and transportation projects, they always do carry that kind of weight because, you know, bridges, roads, um, hopefully bike lanes as well, I guess they last for decades into the future. So whatever you're building for now, it sets the tone for the future. I thought that was a really interesting statement. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, of course, there's just the reality that we've had a pretty quiet campaign. Uh, an expert who was quoted in another story in our newspaper said, you know, the dullest election that he's ever seen or seen in some time. <laughs> so I think that's another reality, right? We don't have like that big hot button bus rapid transit where everybody's all, you know, pitted against one another and fighting about this issue all the time. And so you tend to focus on some of these smaller issues. But at the same time, you know, bike lanes may be in individual lane might be small but of course that is a really big question when you think about how are we going to move around our city how are we going to grow where are we going to do it going back to those pillars of the London plan right that really is uh, an important question and it's really what your city council uh, can do right I mean sometimes people don't think they need to care or be engaged uh, at the local level care about local government but if you really want your city to look a certain way in 10, 20, 30 years, you know, city council is a place to start advocating for it. So I think that's kind of why we've seen that flare up a little bit. Of course, it's just kind of a divisive thing because some drivers hate bike lanes. We've got some very passionate cycling advocates in the community. So it's kind of just that gnashing and that tension. But it has been really interesting to see, you know, some green paint and that curb, some bollards like really flare up right. into this, um, this divisive issue. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see what the next council does. You think it's such a small issue, but it's, it's never really that small. It's not just about bike lanes, right? 
Anyway, thank you so much, Megan. Uh, we're going to talk to Megan at least once or twice more before or maybe after uh, the October 24th election. And if you want to check out some of those candidate profiles or any other um, election stories that Megan covers from now on, just check out lfpress.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope people will go check out the surveys too and get to know their candidates.